Welcome to Tits Up. When things go tits up, they're broken. Tits up can also mean brave up and get on with it. This is what we do as mothers. When things are broken, we pull up our big girl pants and we wade through the muck. Now, before we start, can I ask you a question? Oh. Is your real name Pinky? Yeah, now you've been called the most inspirational woman in Australia. Do you feel a bit of pressure about that? I kind of just narrowed my focus, took my journey a day at a time. Because I'd been such an overachiever and a high achiever, I found them really insulting that because I'd I'd had an Mm. accident, people's expectations on me went really, really low as if the only thing I'd be able to do was was the bare minimum. I also think, you know, we've got this idea that that things that are challenging aren't enjoyable and aren't good for us. And I think the opposite, I think challenges are really important for us. I think so. And when you haven't got a choice, you just do it anyway. That happiness is not a destination. Like we never arrive at happiness train station and are like, yes, we're here. We're here forever. (laughs) Well, it's more of a journey, right? It's true. It's true. Today's episode of Tits Up is brought to you by Docatot, the multi-award winning baby lounger uniquely shaped to recreate a womb-like environment to soothe and settle your baby. Our Tits Up guest today is Taria Pitt and we're talking about hope, happiness and mindset, mostly for mums because, you know, we're all mums. Surviving 65% of her bo- burns to 65% of her body during an ultramarathon, Turia Pitt is living proof that with the right mindset, anything is possible. The best-selling author, and I love your books, by the way, I gave a um, good selfie to my granddaughter for her 13th birthday. Oh, thanks, Pinky. <laughs> yeah, two-time Ironman, surfer, adventure seeker, and mum of two, Hakabai and Rahiti. She spends her time making and doing cool things that help people get happier and more confident. Welcome, Taria. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, before we start, can I ask you a question? Oh. Is your real name Pinky? I've been called Pinky since I was a baby. Um, I, you know, grew up in New Zealand where everyone starts school on their own fifth birthday. There's no everyone starting at the beginning of the year. And there were five Patricias in my class because Patricia was my actual name. So there was Patsy and Patty and Trish and Tishy. I had to say Pinky. <laughs> and All right. Was, All right. Years later, I, and I had an older cousin called Patricia and she was quite the lady. Um, and she married a, you know, a gentleman farmer who wore a tweed jacket and everything. And I aspired to be a Patricia one day, but I was such a bloody tomboy. <laughs> I, I was never actually a Patricia. I think when I got into trouble at school, there was one teacher who used to yell Pat at me. And of course, I never answered anyway. But I came to Melbourne. I was traveling around, came to Melbourne and thought, nobody knows me here. I'll tell them my name's Patricia. And I was working in this really busy x ray department and they were yelling out for this Pat, Patricia, whatever. And I'm looking around for this dumb person who never appeared. So I thought I've got to come clean. I just have to stay pinky. <laughs> <laughs> well, it suits you. The name suits you. Yeah, well, I, I'm not a Patricia. Like, you know, most Patricias I know are quite demure. Yeah. No, they're not. And I was sort of the only girl in the village. 
in the wildest probably child there and had all the good ideas for the boys to catch the radio horse and lock it up in the railway yards and you know stuff like that that probably Patricia's wouldn't do so so no show (laughs) yeah now you've been called the most inspirational woman in Australia do you feel a bit of pressure about that um because I reckon you are well I think it depends right because I feel like like let's say if you're you're if you're a busy mom, let's say with my running program, if you're a busy mom and you want to start making time for yourself or you want to just take 20 minutes of your day for yourself, um, you might look at, you know, you might look at me and be like, oh well, Therese really busy and she's still getting out there doing exercise. And, and in that way I could inspire that person. But like, I don't know, I feel like more of a if you're a bloke your inspiration might be someone different. So I think there's the, you get inspiration in a lot of different forms. And if some people find me inspiring, that's great. But also, like, I'm, I'm not for everyone. Right. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. I don't know. I've, we're in Melbourne and we're in lockdown. We've been in lockdown for, yeah. I don't know, forever. And I just keep saying to myself, oh, Cheerio was in hospital for two years. <laughs> I can do this. <laughs> And she was sick, and she. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not a bad thing to do, right? Like when people ask me how to get through a hard time, I think getting a bit of perspective, like first of all, it's it's important if you're going through something hard just to own it and accept it and acknowledge it. Um, but I do think having a bit of perspective can be helpful. So, you know, you can read books about people who've done things that are really hard. You can... Um, listen to my podcast you I'm just gonna say that listen yeah, to like your it, podcast yeah <laughs> but I'm not trying to I'm not trying to sell myself I'm not trying to sell myself but you know I mean there's a lot of yeah. really amazing inspirational people out there and you can kind of learn a little bit about their life and their challenges and that might help put your your life in perspective yeah I reckon it does it's sort of all relative isn't it really yeah definitely but it it, it is nice to have a bitch every now and then too yeah, you can't be, yeah, yeah you mm-hmm. can't be happy all the time. I mean, I've been surprised because I'm usually the one that, you know, like last week we had an earthquake and we had the protest and this is going to really date this podcast, isn't it? And then the next day I got up my husband says, well, what's going to happen today? I said, oh, because we live just down below Mount Dandenong. I said, oh, Mount Dandenong's going to erupt. You know, look out the window and check for the lava. And I'm always a little bit on the silly side. But yeah. even through this lockdown, every now and then I have a bit of a funk, you know, and I just go, oh, shit. I better go and do something different. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. Well, for me, when I'm in a funk, or I'm, I'm a bit shitty or, an, or annoyed or, or just cranky or just feel not like myself, I, I like to go for a run because I hope that finds me, that helps me to reset, keeps me centred, keeps me grounded. And I guess that, that teaches me that that's why it's important to make time for yourself because when you do, whether that's going for a run, and if you're not a runner, you know, maybe that's like having a cup of, cup of coffee with a girlfriend virtually, um, going for a <laughs> yeah. walk, sitting in the sun, you know, and reading a book, I think whatever it is or what it, how, whatever it looks like, you should really try and do it. I think the thing is, though, for moms, and I think particularly, well, actually, I think even older kids are probably might even be the same, but I find if I'm in my house, if I'm lying down reading a magazine, I, I'm not lying there for half an hour. That 
that time gets interrupted. No show, yeah. Now, you know, it gets yeah. interrupted pretty quickly, but I find if I'm out, if I leave the family behind and I go for a run or for a walk or, you know, drive away, sit in the car and read the magazine, um, you, you really get that time, that me time to yourself. No one's climbing on you. No one's saying, yeah. ah, or even just wandering in. I mean, even older kids are going to wander in if you think you're going to, you know. I do remember shutting the door on my kids one day. They were a bit up, you know, they were older. They weren't little ones. Yeah. And um, 10, 11, 12-ish sort of age group. And they were stuck around. I says, time out. Mum needs time out. Made a cup of tea up and shut the bedroom door. And they were so shocked, you know, that... <laughs> I'm you all. I'm having time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort it out yourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the that's a technique I use sometimes because otherwise, if you just keep stepping into to run interference on on your kids, it's can be quite tiring. But sometimes I just leave them to sort of sort and they it out. They usually do. They generally don't. You know, unless someone's hurting somebody. But you know, generally, it's good practice for them to sort things out. Really. Oh yeah, like. They're not well. They're not always going to have me around, right? So they're going to learn to mm. got to learn to negotiate themselves. Yeah, and they have to learn to and practicing with a sibling is really good for practicing with people outside the family. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it more now. <laughs> You've got permission. <laughs> yeah. Now you were this high achieving fit young woman you were just 24 which now you think you know I mean it's 10 years ago you probably think you're really young when you were caught in that fire and I guess for people yeah I mean we have said that you're in an ultra marathon we're not even oh. going to go back there but mm-hmm. you know you're in hospital for this long period of time having hundreds of operations you couldn't walk and you couldn't talk how did you find hope again you know what I don't think I did I think uh, I don't think I don't think you ever achieve anything by yourself to start with. So I think, you know, Olympians have really great teams around them. I'm sure with, with you, Pinky, and your business, you've got um, people helping you out or, or people assisting. On the home front, maybe you're, um, you know, for me, Michael's really hands-on with the kids and, and he helps me out. So I, I don't think you ever achieve anything alone. And I think for me in those really early days, I had amazing support from my, my boyfriend at the time, who's now the father of my kids, he was incredible. My mum was really consistent and committed. And so I think on the days that were really dark, I would, I would go to sleep at night and I would think I would try to do this little like pump up, right? So I'd say to myself, okay, today was really hard. It was long. You had a painful bandage changes, you know, and then I'd say to myself, okay, like, what did you do well today? Like, you walked an extra lap of the hallway. Like, amazing. You managed to eat all of your lunch. Like, well done. Awesome. And some days, to be honest, Pinky, there was nothing that I'd done well at all. And on those days, I'd just say to myself, well, you know what, Tariq, you're still, you're still here. Like, you're still here and that's that's something to celebrate. It might not be a massive milestone. It might not be running an ultra marathon but you you've lived you've lived to see another day and so I think that's how I did it I kind of changed my focus from thinking about what's my future going to look like what's my recovery going to be look like will I be able to walk again run again compete again will I be able to have family with Michael and so rather than think about all those things all the time I kind of just narrowed my focus took my journey 
a day at a time. I think that's a really great thing. I remember having little kids, you know, four, I've got five and I had four little ones at once and, well, I felt like at once. I mean, they obviously spread, <laughs> spread out like tears, yeah. the four of them, but, you know, those four. And I remember having a really hard day once and one of my kids had given me a dandelion and that was my thing. Yeah. My, my toddler gave me a flower today and I remember that because it was just sort of, I mean, no one had taught me to do that, but it was just that if you don't go too wide. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. And almost like, you know, our brands are wired to always be thinking about like what didn't go well in that day, all the things that didn't get done, all of the phone calls we didn't make, all the emails we didn't send, all the work projects that we didn't finish, how we didn't play with our kids at a certain time. And I think that that's very normal, but I think why thinking about three things that went well or or three wins or, or highlights of your day just helps you think about the the positives that you have in your day it shifts doesn't it it shifts yeah. the, um mindset and you know you seem so bloody determined and when someone tells you it can't be done it's almost like you go game on yeah um, yeah yeah I am unfortunately a bit like that Michael my partner hates it he <laughs> oh really really it's a challenge because I remember being at a business seminar once and one of the guys looked over Kim is my business partner for Boomer he's looked over her shoulder and we've been writing all these things down you know we're going to do in the next three months and he looked over and says oh you're you're those and she, you know she goes what of what and he goes oh those people who think they can do everything and you you know you'll never get it all done and I just looked at it game on <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. it's almost like there's a challenge and if it comes from a man it's even you know more of a challenge I don't think women say that to you, really. You can't do that. It's it's probably more a bloke thing that, you know, they look at you and go, I know you had a doctor, didn't you? And you, I don't know, how did you, you yeah, know, you couldn't even walk and, and you were thinking I'll do an Ironman. You know, it was almost like a, I'll show you. Yeah, it was a bit. I think it was just that, you know, that whole thing of expectation management. They were they were trying to trying to manage my expectations and they were said, you know, you're, you're not, might not be active again, you, you're not going to have that physical life, um, but on the upside, um, you'll, you'll, you might be able to drive again, um, you could get a job, um, you, you know, um, you might even get married and all of those things are really, are, are really amazing, but because I'd been such an overachiever and a high achiever, I've, I found them really insulting that because I'd, I'd had an accident, people's expectations on me went went really, really low as if the only thing I'd be able to do was the, was the bare minimum. So I think that was really motivating for me, that, that, that sense of a, of a challenge being laid down for me. But I think as well, you know, that, that fire doesn't burn forever and you do need other things, right? You need support from family and friends or in a business. You need support from your, from your colleagues mm. and, and your team. You need support on the home front. Um, you need to keep in mind that it's not about doing really amazing one day and then doing nothing for the rest of the week. It's more about being consistent and doing the work every single day, which is kind of boring, right? Mm. Like whatever, yeah, but it's, but it's how things work. It is how things work. And I think, you know, for mums, I mean, I've always been talking to mums about just breaking things down into baby steps because they're looking so far ahead. Yeah. And you do that. I mean, I did that when I was writing the books, you know, little 
bit at a time each day or yeah 500 words 500 words a day yeah yeah and then you get there and one one little thing you know I'll say to the like you know you can do one thing a month one thing a week whatever works for you and just do those little bits but I love how you do that well, I, th- you know, I think, I think yeah, I think that's why I like my running program, right? Because you take women who've never, who've never run before. They don't consider themselves runners. They might not, um, might not have been doing much exercise for, for years, right? They might have three kids and they haven't exercised for, for over 10 years and they join the program and they're, they're freaking out. They're like, no, I'm not going to be able to run five kilometers. That's like, that's just crazy to And over 10 weeks, you know, every day, most days, they're going for a run and, you know, the run is only 10 minutes. Then the next week it might be 15 minutes and we just, we kind of just build from there. And at the end of the 10 weeks, they're like, oh, my gosh, I, I can't believe I just ran five kilometres. And so I think that's one of the cool things about the program is that um, that the women in it can see the progress that they've made and it makes them think, well, if I've just done that, and I thought I wasn't a runner, what else in my life could I do that I thought I wouldn't be able to? I mean, you say to me, Pinky, as someone who's got a hell of a lot of self-belief and, and, and confidence in yourself, where did, where did that come from? Is that from your, like, parents or...? No, I think I was always a bit of a rebel. My mum has um, a mental illness and, you know, she's 93 in another week and she's doing really well because she's medicated. But when I was a kid, she wasn't medicated and she was often in, um, you know, hospital and I was the oldest kid. And by 12, I was doing my dad's, um, my dad was a truck driver and he couldn't read or write very well. So I was doing his accounts by the time I was, I was still at primary school. And I would write in the big black diary every night where he'd been, how many, you know, loads of, lambs or cows oh. or whatever and so I was doing his accounts while I was still at primary school so you know I, I don't know I think just being the oldest I mean I know my papa my grandfather was sort of really you can do anything kind of thing and I used to run a lot as a little kid and he'd get his stopwatch out because he used to do dog trials and he'd get his stopwatch out and I'd run up the paddock and what yeah. have you but I, I think mostly I was this annoying active kid yeah that, you know I don't know I never had a sense of I can't do this I mean I can't sing that's one thing I can't do and I don't uh, that's you and me both. To teach me but that's I don't think, both, Pinky. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that would be lovely to be a singer but I don't think there's a hope like you know that's the only thing I don't really believe but I think most things I think it's just been I don't know what do you think do you think it's something that's in you do you think it's something around I, you I think it's both I think it is something in you and it is something around you but I think as well like you just said, as a little girl, you, you you did all of these things, and you obviously had successes, or at least, or at least you had a really you had a go, right? And I think mm. doing that builds confidence in yourself. So if you're if you don't think you're a runner, and then you just run five kilometers, then you think your brain starts to think, "Hey, holy shit, maybe maybe I can ask for that job promotion, maybe." Um, I can have that discussion with my husband about something that I've just felt, haven't felt comfortable talking to him about, but I'm going to talk to him about it tonight. I think it, I think it opens up your minds and it makes you realize that you, you probably, you do have the inner resources to be able to do or to be able to deal with whatever challenges that life throws your way. I think maybe 
I've said a lot of things just now, but I also think, I also think, you know, we've got this idea that, that things that are challenging aren't enjoyable and aren't good for us. And I think the opposite, I think challenges are really important for us. Goals are really important for us. And I think challenges in themselves probably aren't that enjoyable. Like you might not have, you might very well not have enjoyed doing your dad's accounts. And there's been parts of my life, which I haven't frothed on like like doing my own accounts <laughs> <laughs> but it's more because I didn't like maths you know like it was <laughs> but I think we'd learn a lot from I think we'd learn a lot yeah. from challenging ourselves you know it forces us to step up and to grow and get outside of our comfort zone I think so and when you haven't got a choice you just do it anyway yeah like, I, I think a choice. So. what could you do curl up in a ball and rock in the corner well and that was <laughs> that was kind of my choice right Pinky like I could have just sat there feeling sorry for myself and watched TV all day. But then that's that I didn't want to do that. That was boring. I just, Mm. yeah, you know, it was, and I knew that the only way that I would be able to turn this around would be if I just worked really hard and put all of my energy and focus into my recovery and into rebuilding my life. Which you've done amazingly, but that's it. You've just had that self-belief that whatever, um, yeah, I was going to ask another question. It's gone. Well, well I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, oh, tell I, us about your running program. That's okay, what I was going to sorry, ask. Sorry, I just, I just want to back up. I feel a bit, a bit, it's a bit, I feel a bit dishonest sometimes because people think, oh, wow, she's amazing. She just like got up and did her work every single day. And then like 10 years later, amazing, like she's back to normal. And I, that's, that's not really reflective of my journey because there was hard times, there was down times, there was days where I felt overwhelmed, like I wasn't cut out for the challenge where I wanted to give up. And I think on those days I allowed those feelings because I acknowledged that what I'd been through was really tough and and really traumatic and a really massive life experience that most people won't go through and so I guess I I gave myself that permission to some days not be okay with it and to some days get upset about it and I think you know there's I I feel like there's almost this culture of of toxic positivity right where we always need to be happy and enthusiastic and motivated and excited and all of those feelings are great but you can't polish a turd. Like sometimes things are just <laughs> shit. You know, yeah. if you're if you're divorced, if you're going through a divorce, that's just shit. Like that's 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 a hard time. That's crap. You might not feel very spunky and up to anything for m- maybe years. I don't know. So I think it, it when you go through those life experiences, whatever it is, like myself, or getting divorced, or you know, going through cancer, it is okay to give yourself some grace and give yourself permission to get upset, to be disappointed, to feel hurt and to feel angry. Absolutely. And I don't think, yeah, like you say, that toxic positivity. And I think, you know, social media can be a big thing for that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. There's pressure, isn't there? There's pressure to be put on your smiley face all the time. There is, but I also think like, The cool thing about social media is that people like me and and people like you, Pinky, um, you know, I'm able to have this career and this job and that's largely part Mm -hmm. 
you know, due to social yeah, media. Yeah, like there's good, there's definitely positives. Yeah, there's just yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're feeling in a bit of a funk, maybe, maybe you choose where you look. Yeah, exactly. And also, like, follow some different people because there's some really, yeah. really cool people out there. And I think that's what's so great about social media for me is that if you think 20 years ago, all of the decisions made about who was going to be on the cover of a magazine or who was going to be promoting that skincare product would have been made by a bunch of white middle-aged men. Wankers. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I remember were- writing, do, I was editing a baby magazine and I'd taken some photos. You know, I had a photographer and we'd taken photos because they said to me, oh, you've got this budget for doing photos. So we did these photos and was told that we couldn't use a coloured baby um, or multiracial baby on the cover because people wouldn't buy the magazine. What a load of crap. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, the, the, I was on, Women's Weekly put me on the, the cover of their magazine maybe like seven years ago. And I think that cover had the highest um, print print run or, or number of copies sold that year, which just goes to show like if you mm. have more diversity especially in the media, is only a good thing. And I think that's why I've always been happy to put my story out there because I hope if there's a little girl growing up and she might not look exactly like her peers, she can look at me and be like, well, that Tarey Pitt chick is, is killing it at life. She's got, you know, she seems really happy and positive and energetic and she's got an amazing partner and kids. So I hope that I can I can be that person for them and that they can see me in the media. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 And I think that's important. That that visibility is so important. Mm, mm, it is. Yeah. And and whichever it is. I mean, I, I'm finding now that I'm older, there's a lot of age bias. Well, do you feel invisible? I, I would, I would assume not with your hair. Probably not. No, <laughs> but I, but you know, I've got friends in my age. Like I'm, I'm seventy next year. Oh and, my gosh! And I find that you know there will be people who do occasionally. Oh, but I'll play up the old lady thing. You know, like oh if yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's got to be know, some advantages. If, if gonna... somebody's you know thinking that you can't do something, we can look underneath and do it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like I like your fighting spirit, Pinky. I, <laughs> you know, it's not a bad thing to be underestimated sometimes. No, it's not because you can sort of just sneak in and mm, under the radar. Yeah, under the radar. That's true. Yeah, and do shit. Yeah, um, but I also find you know friends will be and and you can be dismissed medically. You know, all that sort of thing. I had yeah, I was in hospital with a heart thing just before Christmas and the caddy, I said to the caddy, I said, what did this happen? And he's looking at me and he's giving me the risk, you know, alcohol, caffeine, which I don't have, and smoking, and nah, I don't smoke. And he goes, and your age? And I go, what do you mean my age? Like, I didn't mean anything to me. I'm going, what do you mean? And he goes, well, you're getting old. And I think, oh, like, that hadn't, hadn't occurred to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all relative, isn't it? It's all relative. yeah. 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 Yeah, and, you know, really, it doesn't matter. Um... Today's episode of Tits Up is brought to you by Docatot. This multi-award-winning baby lounger is uniquely shaped to recreate a womb-like environment to soothe and settle your baby. The Docatot has thousands of five-star reviews from parents across the world 
who've enjoyed its calming effects on their babies. New parents often say the Docker Tot is like having an extra set of hands always at the ready because it offers baby a safe place to rest or play wherever you are. Being lightweight and portable, the Docker Tot can be used around the house and is also perfect for family adventures to the park, beach or beyond. Handmade in Europe from premium quality materials, the Docker Tot has become an absolute global parenting must-have. So if you'd like an extra set of hands around the house to help you as a new parent, check out dockertot.com.au. That's Dockertot spelled D-O-C-K-A-T-O-T. Dockertot. And as a Tits Up listener, you can enjoy 10% off any Dockertot and their amazing range of accessories. Just enter the code TITSUP10 at checkout. You've got two beautiful little boys. Yes. And do you do that? Oh, we didn't go to your mum. You're running. You're running. Go back. No, to I've, talked, no, no, I've, talked, I've talked enough about it. I've, I've talked, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell them later on where to go on your website yeah. and find out yeah, about yeah, your running yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, so you've got two little beautiful little boys, Hakavai yeah. and Rahishi. Those are both Polynesian names. Yeah, because I am Tahitian. My mum is from Tahiti and I was born in Tahiti, but I migrated here when I was a baby. And so Hakavai oh. means dance of the water and Rahiti means sunrise. Oh, how beautiful. It is. How gorgeous. Yeah. 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 Do you use that baby steps approach with your kids? You know, like as your as a mum? I don't try and tell. I'm I'm not at the stage. I don't mean right. telling them. I mean for yeah, you cool. yourself to get through yeah, cool. your days. Yeah. Yeah, like because sometimes the days do seem quite long when you're a mum and there's good points in the day, but there's also really hard and stressful points in the day. And so rather than thinking like I've got to do this today and then the next day and then the next day and the day after like that, I just really focus on on the day in the day, the day ahead or, or what I'm doing that day. And I guess I try and organise it so you know, I'll go out in the morning with the kids and we'll come home and then I'll put the baby to bed and then um, Hakawai will watch something on TV and I might give him some food and I might have a cup of tea or whatever and then Rahidi will wake up and then we do something in the Arvo, then we come back. Sorry, I'm giving you my whole whole daily routine now. Then yeah. we come back. Yeah. Um, uh, give them some dinner. And I've, I, f- I feel like I've really lowered my expectations of what dinner looks like since having kids because um, sometimes it's t- it's tuna and, and rice with a bit of tomato and other times it might be baked beans on toast. Um, other times it is a really nice, lovely cooked dinner, but sometimes it's not. And I eat, we eat dinner with the kids and it's bath, bed, books. And then sometimes I... Because Huckabye still sleeps next to me, sometimes I'll just go to sleep when he goes to sleep, which isn't bad because I'll read a book. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. So I'll read a book next to him and then if I'm tired, I'll go to sleep. Lovely. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's good for mums to have that normalised, that, you know, you're not creating these bad habits or whatever everyone's Well, that's, that's what I liked about your book, right, because you hear so much stuff about how co-sleeping is really bad and it um, – 
you know, at some point you're not going to be able to sleep next to your kids or why would you, you're just going to make it harder for them later and you can roll over and squash them. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's quite terrifying as a new oh. mom oh. when you read all this information. And I remember literally I'd, I'd put Huckabye down and I would just sit there and watch him to make sure he didn't, he didn't suffocate because I just, you know, you're a new mom, you don't really know what you're doing. And I think with the co-slavery thing, once, once he was six months, I felt a lot better about it, obviously, because he was a lot bigger. Um, And I still do that now. And I think there's nothing nicer than cuddling your little kid as you're going to sleep and, you know, squishing their little toes and giving them a cuddle. I I think it's beautiful. But, yeah, I think your book really helped me with that, with with accepting that co-sleeping was fine. And culturally, most societies around the world, you do co-sleep. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And as a Tahitian, your mum probably slept with you. Yeah, she did. And she, she said they would, all 10 of them would sleep in the same room and it yeah. wasn't a problem. And then I said, like, what if, what if you just wanted to go have a lie down by yourself? What would you do with the, me? And she was like, oh, well, you, my, you, my sister would have you or my other sister or my mum or the other sister or my cousin who was coming over. So I, I like I like that aspect of Tahitian culture and I'm really lucky because my mum lives around the corner from me. So she's amazing with my kids and she helps me out so much with them as well. Oh, how beautiful and how lucky. Yes. One of my daughters grew up. Yeah. When she had her first, her first, well, her only baby, when she had her baby, um, she was 11 minutes from me and she'd just rock up at my place and say, here you are, I'm going to bed. And she'd go and hop into my bed. Yeah. Just hand me the baby and then you know, I'd play with him for a couple of hours and she'd have had a nap. And that was beautiful. But my other poor daughter had her baby in Dubai last year during lockdown. They've got back to Sydney, but I still haven't met him yet because Oh, because of lockdowns. Well, that'll be a good reunion. Oh, it'll be beautiful. Yeah. 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 It'll be really good. And he and he talks to me on Zoom or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got technology, which is great, but it's not the same as squishing my No, of course not. But, you know, yeah, so my kids have all slept with their kids. You know, like it's kind of, if that's what you know, I think that's what you tend to do, don't you? It's- yeah, I think so. And I I feel like for me it feels very natural and, and normal to sleep with your kids because as a kid I remember sleeping with my parents or jumping in my brother's bed. I remember mm. doing that. My, Michael's Aussie, right, so he... He doesn't. It took a while. <laughs> it took <laughs> yeah. a while. <laughs> it took a while to cut to, to to turn around. The only thing with co-sleeping, I didn't find this with Huckabye, but with Rahidi, because my tit was in his face, he would wake up all night, all night, and so eventually Michael slept next to him, and then would come and wake me up when Rahidi yeah. needed to feed, because I just I wasn't getting any sleep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like if we went to sleep with a chocolate cake on the pillow. Well, yeah, I read that in one of your books. I read that in one of your books if you had like a chocolate oh. muffin right yeah. next to you. Yeah, and so it's like so normal. I can smell my mum. <laughs> yeah, so normal. <laughs> yeah, it's just normal. And sometimes just that little bit of separation, and it's usually an older baby. It's not necessarily a young one. I mean, like you say, with six months, you know, they're robust babies anyway. Yeah, um, and I... I Personally, I was just, I was tired mm. of, of I'd, I'd had enough at that 
point. So, and I, I feel like that's okay too for 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 mums to sort of draw Absolutely. a draw a line. Yeah, I've done this for six months and I'm really tired now, and I still love my, my partner. Yeah, can my partner step in or can I put that baby on a you know, a yeah. next to me or on a mattress on the floor yeah. next to me and I can go down there when he needs me and come yeah. back to my bed. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's the mum's prerogative. You work it out in your own family how it's going to work for you. you yeah, you do. You do. You don't have to suffer, but that baby's not suffering either because they're not being, let, you know, shut in another room or anything like that. They're, they're still being loved, but by the people around them. Yeah, totally. Totally. Mm. Which I think, you know, it's just a lovely way to do things. And like you're saying, yeah. you know, there's an auntie or there's a grandma or there's someone like that that can relieve. And look, it is, I know it is harder for a lot of mums at the moment because they can't have, you know, those oh, people around. So hard. With, with lockdown, if you can't have family over oh. and you can't drop your kids off at childcare and you don't live near anyone, that would be really, really challenging. And if your kids are at home all day and you're homeschooling and stuff, Hectic. I think it is. Yeah. And I know when, look, even when my kids were young, when we lived in New Zealand for quite a few years, my husband's an Aussie, but we went back there when the first baby was nearly a year old. And I had girlfriends and, you know, that lived, we'd share kids, whatever. You know, one might take the toddlers and the other one would have the, or the yeah. preschoolers or whatever. Yeah. And I was in a fruit shop one day and some lady, I don't know, must have got famous for breastfeeding the kids or something, and she said to me, I had my friend's toddler in my trolley and my toddler next to me, he was a little bit older, and she said to me, are you still breastfeeding him? And I went, no, nah, my friend breastfeeds this one because it actually wasn't even my child, but I just thought, oh. But again, like, that's... <laughs> it's business. Yeah, it's, yeah, and also it's, like, totally your choice too. Yeah, 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 yeah. You so know, if you if you want to do with that woman, if yeah. you if you want to breastfeed your kid until they're five, like go go for it. Go, go for it. It's your yeah. child. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, you know, some of them wean earlier. Some of them keep going. Sometimes with an older baby, it's not even all the time. It's just yeah. If yeah. they fall out and hurt themselves, or if they're coming down with something, yeah, it's totally. not. And then one day you go, oh, she hasn't asked for a boot for a while. You know, like. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if yeah. she's weaned, you know, and you just, you, I mean, I don't even actually know these specific times, excepting one of my children, I was my first one, I was pregnant, and he looked up at me one day and he says, oh, gone. It's about 18 months. He says, oh, gone. And I went, you know, and I was pregnant, my milk supply dwindled. Yeah. So he just didn't get, and that was it. But yeah. that's the only one I can remember an actual moment. Moment. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so, you know, and it all works out. Like, as a mum, you make your own whatevers and it's, you know, between you and your family and your child where you sleep, what you yeah, eat, what exactly. you feed. <laughs> and your good days and your bad days. Now, mum's reaching out for help. Now, I love in your book, Unmasked, how you were talking, I mean, like, you obviously you're strong, you're independent, you're capable, all those things. But you're actually okay with allowing people to help you. And you describe in Unmasked about the injured killer whale and how his mates brought him fish. And that sometimes you felt like that whale, you know, in Molly Mook, your community is your yeah. And I yeah. think that's beautiful. And, you know, you also describe how another surfer helped you get your flippers on. And I just 
think yeah. it's great that you can allow people to help you. Yeah, and it's like I get why it's so hard to accept help from people sometimes, and and I I totally get that. But I think the if you just start, if someone offers to do something for you and you just accept it, you might find it makes your life a bit easier. And then the next time, if someone offers, you can accept that, and then you'll get to the stage where you ask people for a very specific request so I had an operation um last month and Michael wasn't here he was away for work and so I asked one of my brothers if he could drive me to my operation which was in Sydney and I felt a bit bad about it because I was like oh like he's got other stuff he wants to do in his day and blah 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 blah. and then I was like no like you actually need this because you need to get to your operation and so you're going to have to ask him if he can drive you. And he was just like, yeah, of course, of course I drive you. Like, no worries. So, and I think you got to remember too that people actually love helping. Like, you know, when you're yeah, in a supermarket yeah. and someone asks you to grab the jar of pasta sauce from up top and you grab it for them and you feel like a bit of a hero. Like, it, it's a really nice feeling, feeling like you've done something for someone else. Yeah, I think people do like helping, especially if you've got little a little baby. You know, yeah. that's I think that's the most vulnerable time. Like it's it's you've just had this little baby, and up till then you've been able to do most things, and then suddenly you're quite vulnerable, and you really do need help. You need yeah. your village or your pod, but it's really hard to reach out. And often people will say to you, you know, oh, let me know if I can help you do anything or whatever. But people yeah. feel really privileged to be able to be involved in a yeah they yeah they do and if I think if I had any advice for someone who wants to help someone else it would be to to try and be specific so when you go let me know if there's anything I can do that's like Mm. kind of putting it on the person who's receiving the help to think about what it is you could do so you know after I had my babies my girlfriends are really amazing and they all cooked meals and they they dropped it off at the front door and they didn't even, you know, they'd do a quick knock and if I was crying with my breast milk running down my body and I didn't enter the door, um, they would just leave the food with like a really nice note. So I think oh, just, beautiful. yeah, kind of just, you know, you can say I've, I've made some really nice chicken soup, I'll drop it around, around three if you're home, you're home, if not, all good sort of thing. So I think if you're offering to help someone else, just trying to be be specific about it. Yeah, I think so because it's very hard when someone says, "Well, let me know if you need any help," and you just well, especially position. You, you know, I was threatening to miscarry one of my kids, and you know, and then another friend just turned up at my house and said, "I'm going to clean your house for you," and I I was you know incapacitated and, mm. and two other little kids, and she and I'm, I've never forgotten. She cleaned my whole house and she even cleaned my toilet. Oh. I just thought, oh, God, how, you know, and I didn't feel beholden. I just felt how special that was because yeah. she came in, boots and all, really practical, going to clean your house, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I didn't feel okay. intruded on or anything. I guess because we were great friends. I mean, someone else, I might, you know, someone else might feel offended by that. So, yeah, I guess it depends how close you are to the person, right? But, like, hmm. a meal's really nice or... You know, that's yeah. a good thing that you can just drop off at off at the door. Mm. Yeah, you don't have run. to intrude. Yeah. 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 So I think that's, you know, it's really good to accept that help. It's okay. Yeah. You, know, you don't and have to. You've got nothing to prove. No. You? you know, whether you're sick, whether you're whatever. Yeah. 
Now, you studied environmental earth science. Is that about the environment or? Is no, that I did. I did. I did. I did engineering and it was a double degree with science. Right. Yeah. Right. So it wasn't necessarily about sustainability or anything like that. Not really. I think the idea was that if I was doing that in conjunction with being a mining engineer, I would be able to minimise the impacts that mines have on the planet. I think that was the idea. Well, that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's still it's- Look, I can't take credit for that one. My dad helped me with that one. With- oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, that, that's a cool idea, Dad. That makes sense. Nice that makes sense. Nice one. He sounds like a pretty smart guy. My dad, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now your latest book, Happy, which I haven't read yet. I've got to read that. It's about happiness, and we don't really talk much about happiness, do we? Or yeah, I think like the is about you know. There's all of these different things in the book that you can do to help improve your well-being. Right, you can practice gratitude. You can improve your, your, you know, improve and strengthen your relationships with your partner and your mates and, and your family. Um, you can make, you can set up your mornings in a really good way so that they're more, more productive and you feel like you're in a better mood to start your day. But I think, I think the the main takeaway I took from that book was that that happiness is not a destination like we never arrive at happiness train station and are like, yes, we're here, we're here forever. It's, <laughs> well, it's more of a journey, yeah, it's right? It's true. It's yeah, true. Like, some days you feel great. Some days you feel like shit. Some yeah. days um, and months are really positive for you. And then you might have a couple of months where you get some bad news or you have to go through something as a family and they might be tough and, and hard as well. So I think when you notice those moments of happiness or joy, um, and for me, a lot of that is with my kids, I try and, and relish them and enjoy them. I try not to think about the future or the past. And I try to be in that moment. And if something awful is happening as well, I remember that it'll that feeling won't last forever. That will pass just like all the other emotions. Oh, mm. mm. That's really good. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, because no one, no one's gonna end up happy, and that's the end of their life. Because somebody's gonna come from left field somewhere. Yeah, I mean, maybe there are some people out there who are happy all like all the time and just have really amazing lives. I don't know, but I know for me, it feels more true to say that happiness is is it's about the journey and it's about finding those pockets of joy in your life. Mm. Mm. And sometimes they can be little little pockets, even though you're having a hard time, can't they? Yeah, like in hospital, my mum used to make me laugh. I'd watch funny series with my partner, Michael. Michael would go buy me an ice cream and I would really enjoy that. So it's just about taking those, those simple pleasures that you have in life, whether that's bouncing with your kids on the trampoline for five minutes or holding your partner's hand as you go for a walk or calling your mom and having a good conversation with her on the phone. Like, I think, I think the simpler the thing, the better. Cause like we, we can't be jetting off to the South of France every other week. And so if we're always, yeah. relying, if we're always <laughs> relying on those really big things, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's not going to happen, you know, or when it does, it's over. Like, yes, everything, you know, everything, good has, everything good has to come to an end. Yeah, 
yeah so these little things now you have you have you've already talked about your typical day haven't you this balance thing it's not a neat tidy little thing like my day people think yeah, uh-huh. yeah, you've already done that for us. But, you know, balance, people talk about balance and mums finding balance and just go, what the bloody hell is that? Yeah, well, my life isn't balanced. Some weeks I feel like I'm being an amazing mum. Other weeks I feel like I've done really well at work or on my career, but um, on the home front I might have been a bit distracted or thinking about other things. So I, don't, I wouldn't say that my life is balanced. I know that I feel better about who I am if I make time for myself every day and for me that looks like going for a run so if I've gone for a run that day I feel like I'm a better parent and I've you know I'm more switched on and and focused and I'm happier and I'm more playful and you know if you're feeling happy and playful then your partner is usually in a good mood and then the, the kids pick up on that as well so I find if I feel good the whole house runs smoother but if I'm really shitty, then I'm snapping at my partner and I might, you know, be a bit snappy with my kids as well. So, yeah, my life's, my life's not balanced. It's, it's more of a chaotic mess, which I'm okay with. And for me, going for a run, making time for myself every day makes me in a better mood and it makes me happier. Um, and so that's that's... That's yeah, what I, so that's it's not about it. a whole balance of, you know, no. schedule or whatever. But I think, you know, that's this old saying, if mum ain't happy, nobody ain't happy. It's Yeah, yeah, true. happy life, happy life sort of thing. Yeah, if you're yeah. in a good mood, house, house runs smoothly. Everyone's in a good mood. Well, the kids are barometers and they pick up, even if you're not grumpy with them. If you're just a little bit disconnected, they uh, yeah they cling more, they want more, they and then you start to feel a bit, antsy about it all and it's just a yeah, yeah, sort of totally, cycle, isn't it? Totally. Yeah. Now let's look about the negative voices in our heads. Because I think we've all got some of those at times and we'll hear ourselves talking to ourselves. And I, I know in one of your blogs that I read, I get you know, I get your newsletter. I'm in your newsletter gang and that's my little I don't subscribe to many newsletters, but it's my little nifty <laughs> Yeah, because I think, oh, God, I haven't got time to read all those. But it's it's just such a lovely lift and, you know, you, you have yeah. some laughs in there sometimes yeah. too. Um, you know, and you, you were went for your four, first run with your baby after having a baby and some dickhead said something really awful to you when you got the stitch. Yeah. And, you know, you, you mean and your I, I, and I came And I came home and I cried and I thought, oh, you're like, and I was really mean to myself. I was like, you're pathetic. You can't do this. You've lost it. Did you ever have it sort of thing? And so I think what I've tried to teach myself is to try and talk to myself like I talk to my kids. So I'd never say to Huckabye, you're pathetic, mate. You've lost it. you got no chance. You can't do it. I'd say, you know, you, you're just getting back into things. You, you had a crack. You showed up. If you keep doing this next week, I promise you, you'll be better. So I think it's just about being nicer to ourselves. And I think as mums, we're so good at being compassionate and kind and really awesome to everyone else and everyone else in our family. I think we should try and do that with ourselves as well. Mm, yeah, because would you talk to yourself? Would you talk to your best friend like you're talking to yourself? 
No, like never. You your kids. I think your kids is a good example because yeah. you wouldn't do that. No, you wouldn't at all. You'd be like, no, I, as if I'd say that to them, that's cr- that's cruel and that's mm. mean. Yeah, but the mean yeah. girl in your head, yeah. Yeah, she, she that, just comes out. That, that old bitch. <laughs> that, that old bitch, yeah. Now, for all the mums listening who think you're superwoman, you are, but get your cape off for a minute and can you share one of your tits up mummy moments? Yeah, so I was with Huckabye and he kept saying pepper, 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 pepper. And, he, and, and um, I, I didn't know what he wanted. So I put on the TV and I put on um, pepper pig and he started having a tantrum, just being like pepper, 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 like just screaming and shouting and stamping his little feet. And I was really tired that day and I was in that really frazzled state that you get in. And I kept trying to say, like, what is it, you know, trying to rationalise with him and he just kept carrying on. And I got to that stage where I was so frustrated. I was like, right, into your room. I don't want to see you. And I shut I shut the door on him. And a couple of, a minute later I opened the door and he was really upset, obviously, and he gave me a cuddle and then he said, Pepper. And I was like, fuck, don't, I, don't, I don't know what perfect is. And then he pointed into the kitchen and I went into the kitchen and then he pointed the drawer and he goes, Pepper. And I opened the drawer and there was these little box of sultanas with, with Pepper Pig. Oh. Yeah, Pepper Pig on here. <laughs> so that was like, I, I didn't, I, I didn't, I, it was a miscommunication in that I didn't understand what he was trying to say. I didn't even think about the sultanas and I was so frazzled and in such a state that I put him in his room. So that was probably like, that's a pretty obvious. Yeah, it's pretty dire, pretty dire, yeah. isn't it? But, yeah. but you didn't know. Yeah, and, and when you're really tired, mums do have Yeah, and look, but I think that's the thing too. You do make mistakes along the way, you know. Mm. And that's really what, you know, the sinus for rupture and repair. Like you stuff it up, but then you reconnect. You've got the cuddles. Yeah. And then when you can take a breath, you figure yeah. it out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, yeah. No, I, I had that my little grandson the other day, the little 70-month-older who's, you know, he'd woken up from a nap and my daughter was offering him things because we were on Zoom and he's talking to me quite happily and then and he's yelling, blue, blue, blue. Mind you, lots of colours of blue, but blue, blue, blue. And she said, do you want a drink? Do you want this? Do you want that? Yeah. Blue. And then he finally pointed to this little bag of apple chips. I'd set them up in a parcel. You know, she sent them up and said, have you bloody sweet stuff? You know, these little dried apple chips. And the packet was blue. Ah, okay. Yeah. So it's the same, you know, they're communicating in how they know. He couldn't say apple chips and he's only got a few words, you know, like he couldn't tell you. Yeah. Sorry. So thank you, we're ready to go. Thanks for sharing so openly and giving us all these real good practical, you know, mindset tips. Yeah. And um, where can people follow you? Oh, um, they can, well, if they're interested in the running program, they can go to terepit.com forward slash run or they can find me on Instagram at terepit. Right, and they can read your blog. So last thing, one tip on how to be the mother you want to be. Oh, gosh. Um, okay, honestly, it's not having my phone on me because I find that when my phone's on me, it vibrates. I look at it, I see the emails, I see the Slack threads, I see the notifications, and then that 
pulls my focus away from being with my kids. So when I don't have my phone on me, I find I am able to be a really present, connected, fun parent. So that would, be, that would be my tip. But I'm, that's not to say you have to walk around never answering calls and never writing back to things because sometimes, like, you know, mm. you have to wait for the electrician to call to come around. Like sometimes you do just need to have it on you. Yeah, but moderating yeah. that. So yeah. that yeah. I love that. That's a really great tip. We get yeah. so many great tips from, you know, real mums. Real yeah. mums, great yeah. tips. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that. So thank you. And it's been Thanks, signing Pinky. off. Tits up. <laughs> Tits up, ladies. Pull up your big girl pants. We can do this. We are mothers. In the spirit of reconciliation, I acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the traditional owners and custodians of this country and their connection to land, water and community. We pay our respect to them, their cultures and customs and to elders past, present and emerging. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tits Up. This podcast was produced by Dave Stokes. For more information, connections with our guests and special offers from our show sponsors, please pop over to my website and check out the show notes, www.pinkymccabe.com. I would love it if you could please share the love by leaving a review. Five-star reviews will help other mums to find this support and information too.